Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Cersei Institute Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends over at the Institute for Excellence in Writing. IEW provides teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become better listeners, speakers, readers, writers, and thinkers. To learn more about IEW and their 100% lifetime money-back guarantee, visit IEW.com start. That's IEW.com start. From what I've spoken, you can see he was a king and asked for the capacity to fulfill a king's duties, not to muse about the angels and the quantity of movers of the stars, or if a must and might together make necessity, or whether an uncaused motion can exist, or if on a half circle you can fit a triangle unless one angle's right. That's where the arrow of my intention hit. He had no peer in foresight for a king if you know what I say, comparing it with what I said before. By my word rose, you'll see that kings alone were those I meant, of whom are many, but the good are few. With this distinction take my argument, so you may stand upon what you believe of our first father and of our delight. And should you rush to what you don't perceive? Let my words drag like weights on your feet, and make you slow to answer yes or no. For of all fools that man's the lowest ass, who'll affirm or deny, but not reflect. Impetuous in his haste, down either pass. For scurrying thought will often enough deflect the man's opinion into false terrain, and then his self-love binds his intellect. From the banks they depart worse than in vain, who fish for truth but haven't learned the art. As they've set out, they won't return again. Hello and welcome to another Ask Andrew. And I was just reading from Canto 13 in Dante's Paradiso, the third part and most difficult part by far of the Divine Comedy. And if you're still with me, I thank you for enduring that long read. But it was a question that Dante had asked Thomas Aquinas in heaven. Why is Solomon considered the wisest man? And I'm not going to go into that question in particular, but I do want to draw your attention right away to the very ending because I was asked a question about it. I read, From the banks they depart worse than in vain, who fish for truth but haven't learned the art. As they've set out, they won't return again. Now, some of you have heard me quote this in, in talks I've given from the, I think it was the Mandelbaum translation that goes like this. Much worse than uselessly he fishes, he leaves the shore. More full of error than he was before, who fishes for the truth, but lacks the art. And I was asked the question, you quote this Dante thing all the time about fishing for the truth and lacking the art. 
what does that have to do with the tools of learning? And what are what is the art of of truth fishing? And I want to I want to respond to that question um, in a way. I would say that's kind of what I'm always trying to talk about when I discuss the curriculum, when I discuss pedagogy, even when I talk about assessment, even when I talk about governance. It's always in light of this question: What is the art of art of truth fishing? But I want today, in this version of Ask Andrew, to address a very specific element of truth fishing. And that is, I want to give you a word that is, you know this word already, but I want to give you a, a, maybe even the root of it. I'm not sure if this is the root of the word, but I want to give you a, a um, philosophical application of a word. And that word is adequate. Now, in Latin, the word adequate is adequatio. Iquus is in there, not equus like horse, but iquus, iqua, the, the adjective that means, ah, it could mean friendly. Usually it means where we get equitable, equal, just, something like that. And then the prefix ad, ad iquatio. Now, the idea here is that the, the, the thing that is adequate is fitting or suitable to the context at hand. And specifically, this is the point I want to get at. If you're going to ask a question, you're not going to get an answer for that question unless you have tools that can get you an answer for that question. Now, by tools, of course, I, I'm, I'm referring to tools of the mind as well as, as well as maybe even tools like instruments, telescopes, microscopes, um, books, uh, whatever, but tools of the mind and then tools that are outside the mind or that are used by the mind need to be there, but they need to be adequate to the task. And this is crucial because another thing you may possibly have heard me discuss in one context or another is what I've called three kinds of education. And let me just go through those very quickly, and then I'm actually going to mention a fourth. And so I'll say the four kinds of education are pragmatic, traditional, wisdom, and then I'm going to specifically speak of a divine or a Christian or a spiritual mode of education as the fourth. Now, if you ever have listened to, and I'm sure most of you have far more than I have, if you've ever listened to the keys on a piano or an instrument and you've and you've noted the difference between notes i want to show you something here I'm, i i hope you can hear this this is this is c this is d this is e and this is f now let me do them without me talking Did you notice while you were listening to that how very close the E and the F were to each other and how it's pretty easy to distinguish C from D and D from E, but it's hard to distinguish E from F. Let me do it one more time. Here's I'm going to do it in that order, C, D, E, F. Now, if you've got a good ear, you probably don't have any trouble, especially if they're next to each other. But if I do, I'm going to do them separately now. Watch this. I'm going to go C, E. I'm going to, I'm going to play C, and then I'm going to play either E or F, and you, you try to figure out which it is. 
Now, the second time you probably could tell that that was E. All right, what's the point of all this? If you have a good ear, you're laughing at me and thinking, why is that a problem? Anybody can distinguish. However, if you are new to listening to music and you're trying to get your scales down or whatever, you probably remember or noticed that E and F are a lot closer together than C, D, and E. And that's because from E to F is basically a half note. From C to D is a whole note. From D to E is a whole note. Now, why am I going into this irrelevant music lesson that is an area that I have absolutely no knowledge about and can only make myself look bad? Because what I want to argue is this, that pragmatic education is like the C. It's, it's pretty easy to hear. It's very easy to distinguish from D. And D represents traditional education. Now, traditional education then is pretty easy to hear and very easy to distinguish from E, which is wisdom education. You might call it philosophical, but that can be misleading now. Um, the education of the, of the, let's just say the, the love of wisdom. But the, from wisdom to spiritual or Christian education, in a way, it's a radically different thing. But in another way, it feels very close. And I'm getting at something here in terms of the concept of adequacy. So for fear that I'm confusing you, let me circle around. If you're going to get a pragmatic education, a utilitarian education, you need tools that are adequate to that. And the, the philosophical foundation of a pragmatic, utilitarian, sophistic education is that it's, it's skeptical about anything that the senses can't perceive and the mind can't calculate. In other words, if it's precise, it's, if it's easily accessible, um, if you can see it and you can prove it even with scientific evidence, that's going to be a pragmatic, utilitarian, even sophistic education. And the measure of the value of something is the use you can make of it. That's why it's called pragmatic. It, it was William James who said that, that you measure truth by its cash value. He meant that as a metaphor. Uh, he did not mean by that that, that um, you try to, you know, you measure how much truth is worth by how much you can sell it for. He meant it metaphorically speaking. In other words, it has a use to it. Now, anybody, anybody knows that true, the true is practical, but is that the measure of the true? Well, the pragmatist would say yes. That's note C. There's a big and clear distinction between that and what I'm calling traditional education. If the goal of a pragmatic education is individual success in a chaotic and always changing world, the goal of a traditional education is the, is the preservation of a society in that ever-changing world, but you get a stability in your society. And a traditional education would be a patriotic education and that sort of thing. And that's a big, big difference from a pragmatic education. From traditional education to wisdom education, the gap is not as big. So my analogy with music breaks down a little bit. The gap isn't as big, but there's a gap between traditional and wisdom education. And it's a different kind of education. In traditional education... It's about the society preserving itself, more or less for its own sake. The old make Athens great again speech that Pericles gave. Then there's wisdom education, though, and that's going to go. It's a different kind of education than traditional education because it adds something that isn't there. And what does it add? Well, it adds 
It adds wisdom. It adds the sense that even society is subject to something higher, to something richer and greater. And it requires a different set of tools. The traditional education basically requires the, the, the traditional texts and artifacts, and, and I have to hold on to them and, and preserve them uh, for the sake of my society. Wisdom education actually is going to challenge all the tools of, of the traditional education. And it's going to go into a level of self-awareness, of, uh, uh, of, of examining the traditional society, of challenging it from within, it's going to be Socratic. And if there's a tool that wisdom education uses that traditional education doesn't, I would suggest it's dialectic, right? So now we have three kinds of education, pragmatic, traditional, and wisdom. I would argue that in human terms, the wisdom education is as high as you can get. I would also add that when we talk about a classical education, um, you can fall back to traditional education and call it classical, but a real classical education rooted in Plato and Aristotle and the Greek insights and, and the wisdom of Moses and so on, a real classical education, in my view, is going to go beyond merely preserving the tradition. Um, it's going to go beyond being you know, the preservation of Western culture to, to the wisdom in that culture that is self-examining, self-aware that's the third level of education. Do you see a little bit at least how the concept of adequation or adequacy comes in? You need a different set of tools to be wise than you need to be practically successful, to be pragmatic, to be utilitarian. There's different kinds of knowledge gained in these different sorts of education. And what, what Dante was saying in that passage I quoted, much worse than uselessly he leaves the shore, more full of error than he was before, who fishes for the truth, but lacks the art. What he's saying is that people fish for truth and they don't have adequate tools for the truth fishing. If you get a pragmatic education growing up, and the measure of a pragmatic education or the proof that that's what you're getting is probably most easily seen in how it's assessed. If, if the education you get growing up can be assessed numerically, you got a pragmatic education because that's the kind of knowledge that can be tested numerically, statistically. If that's the kind of education you got and that's all you got, then you did not receive adequate tools for truth fishing. And it's going to be worse for you to leave the shore than just to sit back and, and, and on the shore and watch the other people sail. But if you got a traditional education, then you received the content of your tradition, and that's better for you than a pragmatic education. And how do you know if you got a traditional education? Well, I would say probably if you look at the way it was assessed, you, you were assessed for content. Um, it went beyond multiple choice uh, tests. You probably had quizzes and essays, um, but you probably had very little dialectical engagement, very little challenge that learn how to challenge the tradition and gain wisdom through it. Right? It was more about knowledge than it was about, let's say, understanding, if not wisdom. Well, if you got a traditional education, then you can help preserve a culture, but you won't know whether you should or not. What you need is a wisdom education. 
Now, a wisdom education, as I've said, adds a new tool. And how do you know if you got a wisdom education growing up? Well, it was personal. Um, you were constantly challenged to defend your positions. You were constantly taught ways to challenge your own views. You were never allowed to draw hasty conclusions and sit on them. Um, even in the religious uh, arguments that you had, you had to you had to back up your arguments. You had to you had to include human experience, the existence of the human being, in your discussion. You know, if you if you if you are a pragmatist and somebody starts talking about love, you can't measure that, so you lose interest. If you're a if you're wisdom based, you're going to go beyond love. I mean, sorry, you're going to go beyond experience, and you're going to start you're you're going to go beyond what's measurable into experience and existence itself, and you're going to find that people do love each other, and you can't just set that aside. That some people love better than other people and you can't ignore the, the the reality of that and that societies grow and societies break down based on what they believe and that's what a wisdom education moves you toward you you have to defend positions not just logically that's one set of tools certainly but existentially if i can put it that way dialectically everything everything has to survive the challenge in a wisdom education that's how you gain wisdom well that's the C chord, the D chord, and the E chord, or the key anyway. What I haven't talked about is the F key, the F chord, the, the specifically spiritual form of education. And that's too bad because I'm out of time. In my next, in my next um, Ask Andrew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next stage and talk about the adequate tools for a Christian education because what i'm here to say is that a pragmatic education is very far from adequate if you want to know truth a traditional education is very far from adequate if you want wisdom although it's a good start a wisdom education isn't even enough if you want to know the things of god if you want a christian education so then the question becomes does the higher cancel out the lower? Does wisdom cancel out tradition? Does tradition cancel out practicality? Well, let's think about that in the next session when we talk about our Lord Jesus and what he has to bring to education. In the meantime, may the Lord remember you in his kingdom. 